2020 here in the U.S. is a year of politics because, you know, we have a lot of elections this year, including who's going to be our next president. And this is not going to be a political episode in that way. I'm not going to be telling you who to vote for or what your political ideology should be. What I do want to talk about is how we need to watch out for the narratives that are going around. Because as I am very prone to say repeatedly on this show, everything is story. Everything is story. And this year, more than most, we're going to have a lot of stories going around. And we need to learn how to see them on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and Today, I want to talk about stories that actually affect our lives and how to see them around you, because we are influenced by stories all the time, whether we realize it or not. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you all so very much for doing that. And let's just get into it, shall we? All right. So, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, that I am very fond of saying that everything is a story because everything is a story. It's how we make sense of the world. And it's also one of the best techniques we have for, you know, memorizing new information as it comes in. So, it's not surprising then that in a political environment like we have in the United States this year, where various parties and people are pushing their agendas so that you will vote for them so that they can get your attention and possibly even your loyalty, that there would be a lot of different stories going around. And this is where we need to be very careful. Because one of the biases that I don't think gets enough attention in our world is what I like to call narrative bias. Whether you consciously do this or not, you are telling yourself a story. That story is how your life makes sense. I tell a story. You tell a story. We all have our own individual stories. And that story has heroes, and it has villains, and it has magical powers in it. Because no matter what anybody says, there's always a magical power in there. That could be the magical power of science to bring about wonder and discovery and invention. Or it could be the power of belief that will get us through this, that, or the other thing. It could be the power of friendship. It could be the power of pretty much anything. It may be the lucky charm in your pocket. Everybody has a magical element in their story. And if you don't know what yours is, pay attention to your life and you'll find it. For some people, it's their car. And it's that simple, because it's the thing that lets them get out and about and do things. It's there. Look for it. But that story that we tell ourselves has to exist in concert with all of the other stories going on around us. This is why you'll find that very often, 
your friends, especially your closest friends in you, will have stories that rhyme. They're not necessarily in agreement in all things, but because of places where your individual stories interweave and interlocked and interact with each other, they start putting rhyming notes into the original story. This is one of the things that ties us to our friends and our friends to us. It's this narrative consistency. In fact, not to discount that friendship is actually a thing, because friendship is actually a thing, and not to discount any of the chemistry that's involved in friendship being a thing, because there's chemistry involved in friendship being a thing. But predominantly, what makes friendship friendship is the narrative that says that we are in each other's story. Think about this. If you've ever had a falling out with a friend, that's because a dramatic reversal happened in that story that suddenly made you realize, oh, that person's not my friend. And that could be for a good reason, a bad reason, or just because of events of your life changing. But it's a narrative reason. This is why I am so <laughs> constant in my stress that everybody needs to know how stories work, because they make up the elements of our lives. And this becomes even more important when you see people who are trying to get your vote, your money, or your loyalty telling you things about themselves. Because those things are meant to, A, interlink them to your life. If somebody says, I am a Christian, and you are a Christian, you're more than likely to go, oh, in this thing, we are the same. If somebody says that they are a Christian and you're an atheist, you would mark it differently and say, oh, in this way, we are different. And with polls showing that a lot of people are spiritual but not religious, if somebody says that they're spiritual but not religious, even if they believe completely different things than you, you're more likely to identify with them because of that connection. Those connections, those narrative pieces are important. This is why most every president that we've had in a very long time has tried to pull the man of the people card, whether or not it's true or not. Whether or not they came from money, from wealth, from privilege, or had a series of lucky breaks. You know, getting to go to the right colleges, meet the right people, get the right connections early on in their lives. Those are all lucky breaks that really differentiate them from the rest of us. But they're not going to focus on those things because that's what makes them not us. They're going to talk about anything that they can to relate to us and to relate to what they believe will get them the majority in the coming election or in the store or in whatever they're trying to get from you. And you need to watch out for this and be very, very suspicious of any time a person tries to connect with you in that way. You see, these relationships that we have with celebrities and politicians and other media brands, and I hate using that word for individual people, but it's accurate. It's not real. It's not tangible. It's not something that actually exists. They don't know we are there. Now, we may have interactions with them. I've had interactions with Lizzo on Twitter and Instagram, and she has no idea who I am. She may have liked some of my tweets, or at least somebody who has access to her accounts have. She's may, maybe even responded to some of them. We may have even 
held a brief conversation while she was doing a live stream on Instagram. But still, she has no idea who I am. Because I'm one of hundreds, if not thousands of people that have participated in these things. I am a fan. And when she thinks about me, she pulls up in her head the profile that she has for a fan. Which is probably not me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because she doesn't think about me. This is a parasocial relationship. This is a relationship that does not exist in real life. But it feels like it does because, like I've said, we've had conversations on social media. That doesn't that make it feel more real? No. <laughs> well, yes, it does make it feel more real, even though it is not real. So how are we to judge these things? One, skepticism. Skepticism is one of the most important powers that we have though it is often abused and misused in our world. Skepticism tells us that when anyone tells us a story that makes us go, huh, you're like me. The first question we should be asking is, and what do you want from me that you think that I need to be connected to you to give you? Because it may be your money, it may be your attention, it may be your loyalty, it may be your vote. But if there is something that they're trying to get from you, and I'm no different. I have conversations with you all on Instagram and Twitter and wherever you want to have a conversation. I talk to you on the podcast every day. But with very few exceptions in those who are listening to the sound of my voice right now, I don't know who you are. And even some of you that I talk with regularly on social media, I still don't know who you are because you have an anonymous avatar. Our relationships are narratives. They're stories that we tell ourselves. And when someone tries to entangle you into their story, you need to be skeptical, especially when they have something to gain from you buying in to the story that they're telling you. And I'm not saying that you reject it outright. Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it's important. And sometimes the differences make people even more special. The fact that we had two Rockefellers who were able to get past their elite upbringing to see that, you know, poor people kind of have it rough in this country and maybe we should do better by them. Well, that's kind of an amazing story in and of itself, even though it's one that we can't necessarily relate to. It is still a powerful story to tell. But no, we want to be man of the people, woman of the people, whatever it may be. So be mindful when people are trying to tell you, hey, look, I'm just like you. Now, vote for me. No, I'm just like you. Be loyal to me. Hey, I'm just like you, so buy everything that I do. Be skeptical and see if what they're selling actually matters to you or not. The most egregious way that this type of narrative storytelling is abused in our society is when people try to co-opt various values that we have. I'm a signer. I have signed. What, what would that be? I'm a signatory. I signed the Charter for Compassion and have been active in the Charter for Compassion for years now. Thus, compassion is very important to me. And those who know that or know that there's a contingent of people like me out in the world try to shape their message to be like, look at me, I am compassionate. And the question isn't, oh, isn't that wonderful? They speak my language. It's, 
Okay, you're saying you're compassionate, but are you really? Do you actually exhibit those values in your life? Because it's very easy to parrot the words necessary to appear to be a part of a social group or to appear to be a part of a movement or a philosophy or an ideology. It's very easy to parrot those words and have them come back to us. It's much harder to live that way if it's something that you don't actually believe. Though, not impossible. I said harder, not impossible. So, when somebody presents themselves to me as somebody who is both interested in and a paragon of compassion, well, I need to look into this because you're saying that you're all about compassion, but you're a millionaire who has no track record of actually working with charities. And trust me, that happens way more than you would expect it to for those who are interested in compassion. Because compassion is a good brand. It's a good market. Because, well, as long as you can say the right words, a lot of people don't look into it to see whether or not your actions actually apply. You can say that you're compassionate all that you want, but have your products still built in sweatshops. And when you're caught, you just make an excuse. Well, I contracted out to another company and I didn't know that they weren't going to check and make sure that my values were carried out and the people they contracted with. So see, it's not really my fault. Well, is it? Now, this is where I'm not going to be talking about canceling people or calling people out, because that's not what this episode is about. But it's about making sure that when somebody says that they are like you, that they believe what you believe, or use words to help ingratiate themselves to you, that you actually look into it. Because there are a lot of easy buzzwords that are out there. We we know all of them. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-LGBT. I'm anti-LGBT. All of these words, they float around and they're easy catchphrases. But do they actually mean anything? And I really do want you to think about that for a moment. Once the topic gets boiled down to something as simple as a bumper sticker, it has lost all of its meaning. I can't tell you how many people that I've met that have a coexist sticker on the back of their vehicle that really don't believe that all religions should just get along with each other. They have opinions on which ones should be destroyed, obliterated, gotten rid of, dissolved. And that's frightening. It's weird having a conversation with somebody who's actually wearing a coexist t-shirt telling you that your faith is wrong. Because, dude, your, your shirt says the exact opposite of what the words coming out of your mouth are. There's an odd cognitive dissonance there. And you need to start looking out for that. Bumper stickers are bumper stickers. They may be wearing it because, in theory, that is something that they're fond of. Or, in theory, that's something that they resonate to. But in practice they may not actually care about that value in the first place. And this is where we have to be very careful. Because, well, the politicians have been at this for quite some time, as have the various marketers and what have you. They've been able to boil down almost everything that anyone could possibly be interested in and make it into just a bumper sticker. Just because somebody says live long and prosper doesn't mean that they've ever actually seen Star Trek. Or may the force be with you. They may not even care about Star Wars. They just know that it's a thing that people who like that thing say. 
and they generally like the sentiment or something. It's very easy to code our language in numerous ways to try to get advantage over others that we want to have advantage over. And this is where we need to watch out for our narrative blindness. It's easy for us to go, well, they've said all of the right buzzwords. They must be the person I've been looking for. It looks like they are selling the story that I am currently a part of. Therefore, they should be part of my story. That may be true. And I'm not telling you to distrust everyone or to throw everything out and start over from scratch, though I will say I have done that on several occasions because, well, I have moments of epistemological panic and go back through with a fine-tooth comb and do I really believe the things that I think I do? But that's because I have problems. And I'm not saying that that's healthy or a wise thing to do. It is an interesting practice to see what you retain and what you throw out when you go through a process like that. But especially in a time period when you know that everybody is putting out their own narrative for the sake of getting something from us, having a, at least a little, if not a lot of skepticism as to whether or not the stories that appear to align with our own actually do is, is so important. It's not hard for us to get distracted because someone has the money to put forth a narrative that appears to align with our own values, whether or not they themselves do or not. And that's the real danger of our times. Not that we can't trust one another, because I don't think that now is any different from any previous period in American history or world history for that matter. I think people have always sought ways to have advantages over others that they want to take advantage of. But I think what's changed is that we're less skeptical than we used to be, because we've broken up into teams, and as long as people are on our team, we tend to believe their story. Because after all, we're in the same team, therefore our stories must align, mustn't they? And that's not always the case, and that's not always true. And remember, sometimes we lose by winning, and sometimes we win by losing. And while that may seem oxymoronical, it tends to be the case more often than not. If we are not testing our ideas and actually working to make them into realities, then what's the point of having the ideas in the first place? Ideals are fictions we tell ourselves about how the world should be. Actions are what bring those things about. So when somebody tells you that they are definitely on your side and parrots to you a story that sounds an awful lot like the story you want to hear, don't forget to ask yourself, what are they getting from me? What are they wanting from me? And do their actions actually match up with the story that they're telling me? Because there's a good chance that they won't. And I think this is true on every side of the spectrum, be it from Mike Bloomberg running in the Democratic Party, because that's a thing that he's doing, 
or even with a Donald Trump running in the Republican Party. They know the words to say, and they say the words that they know they should say. But what are they really after? Because everyone has their own agenda, and it's important for us to see if they truly align with ours before we weave them into our narrative and get lost in someone else's story. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate it in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, then in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. And while you're there, why not subscribe if you haven't already? I do this show five times a week on different topics. If you'd rather share your topics with me on social media, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm C. Dorset on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck you can pass my way, in the show notes you'll find a link to both the listener support and my Patreon. Thank you to everybody who does that. You help keep the lights on, and that is no small feat. Thank you so very much. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, don't worry. That's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody that you think would like what I'm doing, please consider sharing. That helps out more than you will ever know. And hopefully episodes like this are helpful for you. Because it's one of the things that I see a lot of people grappling with. Because we want to hear our stories parroted in other people. People in power. People with influence. People who have the more ability than we do to affect change. But not everyone who tells those stories actually have our best wishes at heart. So as we go into this year, keep your eyes open, keep your ears clean, and make sure that you're actually paying attention to what's being said behind the words. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.